You're listening to Be Love Radio. Your host, Kadat. Your host, Kadat. It is pure and true. Saying, this is my message to you. Thanks for tuning into Be Love Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Kadast, and on today's show, Justice Bartlett will be here talking about the power of returning your attention back into appreciation. Before we bring Justice on, I just want to take a moment to invite you to get centered in this moment, to let go of everything that may have come before this moment for you, to let go of all the thoughts you were involved in prior to tuning in and allowing yourself to fully be here and present to the conversation we're about to have with Justice. And I see a couple of callers on cue, but I'm not sure which one Justice is, so we'll just uh, give it a go and see if, if this is her. Justice, is that you? Area code 425? This is me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Yeah, there, there's a couple. I'm like, um, let's go with this one. 425 is sticking out at me, so let's go with that one. Okay, well, first of all, welcome back to Be Love Radio. Hello? Yes. Are you still there? Yeah, you've got me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we today we, we, we thought we'd talk about appreciation, and, and before we do that, um, for anyone that may be tuning in for the first time and, and hearing your name, um, do you want to give just a little bit of background about who you are and what you do, and then we'll go into the conversation? Sure. That sounds great. Um, my name is Justice Bartlett. Um, I'm a fellow traveler on the road to discovery and um, what else, whatever else might be brought. Um I uh, I've kind of been on this path my entire life. I was born into a spiritual community. It definitely changed the tone for how I saw the world growing up, and that sort of followed me through my my entire life. Um, chased me down some dark holes and been there to bring me back out again. And uh, my father, Dr. Richard Bartlett, is the founder of Matrix Energetics, and I myself am a practitioner and a co-instructor. And uh, I have my own practice, Embody Me, uh, where mind-body wellness services focused on heart-centered transformation. And I use matrix energetics, hypnotherapy, and uh, body work to facilitate people's connection to themselves so that they can more fully enjoy their life and uh, be available to what the universe has to offer. And I've met Kadesh several times and we have a great time every time we talk so I'm really excited to be here with you again me too me too it's always different I notice um, doing a show with someone I know than someone I've never met before there's just a different a different flow so I'm so glad to have you back um, so how about we um, go into a little bit of background about you know what was going on when you brought um sort of the conversation of appreciation back into your own awareness? Uh, well, <clears throat> it seems like we look for the thing that we need to turn to when we're experiencing the opposite of it, right? Right. <laughs> There's always that thing that, that's going on that uh, that wakes us up, that calls the attention now, and it's like, okay, if this is not working, then, then what will? And... um 
if I really look back to when it started, I was kind of looking through my journal entries. It's going back months now, months, 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 to sort of this feeling of flatness and a sense of insecurity and within myself and within the state of the world and within the state of sometimes even my own practice and my own personal relationships. And I was wondering what's going on here. It was really getting my attention. It was coming up. I um, I generally get in touch with myself through journaling, and I sat down uh, back in April maybe to, to look at my journal, and I realized I had not written in such a long time. I had fallen completely out of touch with this connection. And when I sat down to ask what needs my attention now, what popped up immediately was appreciation. You know, turn your attention to appreciation. Mm. So it was, um, it, it, it didn't immediately shift, however. It was like, okay, return your attention to, to feeling appreciative. But here's all of this other stuff that keeps coming up that's the complete opposite of that. It's like this gap of lack. How is this bill going to get paid? How is this going to happen? How am I going to manage to do this thing that I want to do? And staying centered and, and just creating this world from from a place that I'm really mostly congruent with playing in, feeling how it had sort of shifted into something stranger. Mm-hmm. So it was really the awareness of the lack that brought the awareness of appreciation back to the foreground again. Perfect. What I find so interesting is um, it seems to be, and and I'll generalize a bit and say it seems to be that habitually if we're not engaged in that constant self-dialogue, that constant inner dialogue, we somehow end up going into that awareness of lack, that if we're not diligently (laughs) paying attention to what we're saying internally – why do you think that is, or is that how you experience it? That is definitely, to a certain degree, how I experience it. Um, I think the momentum of it is what pulls us out of our centered awareness. And in order for there to be a different momentum, the constant practice of, of focusing on, on being appreciative, of focusing on, on love, if you will, it's just another facet of that same appreciation. It is enough to undo the momentum of that lack, but it's been gaining a lot of momentum lately in the outside world and in our you know our social circuses and the <laughs> in the economy in mm-hmm. all of these facets that, regardless of how we feel about ourselves, we're still connected to right right so so <laughs> go on. No, you please go ahead. No, I was just going to ask to. Um, I mean, we we sort of just dove into um, talking about appreciation, but I would love for you to sort of conceptualize what that is in your perspective. Like, what is appreciation? What are we talking about here? That's a great question, and it's it's an interesting sort of feeling state for me more than in recognition of something else or even in relation to something else. It's um it's a feeling of of movement. Um, in the work that I do, 
the main consciousness movement is moving the awareness from the head into the heart and using the heart to realign yourself with reality. What I feel when I come to my heart is is a movement. And what some scientists have said about the heart field is that it is a torus field, so therefore it's like a tornado. And when we stand in the middle of that vortex, we are in the eye of the tornado, which mm. which is calm, it's soothing. However, there's still all of this motion and movement that's cycling around us that's there to slide our intention to, to see what can be manifest from the void, which is the eye of the tornado. But that movement is is where the energy resides. So mm. when I get into a sense of appreciation, I feel kind of two things at the same time. I sort of feel this deep sort of peace or satisfaction, but I also feel this tremendous amount of movement all around me, and that's moving through all the constructs of my life as well as through my own physical awareness in my body and my mind, my spirit. But I begin to notice that when I'm feeling that appreciation, I'm noticing movement sort of all around me. That is so interesting. So you you would equate appreciation with sort of an accelerated, sort of energizing motion. I would. Okay. Absolutely. So so and so interesting. Difference that I make between that and gratitude is that gratitude, where it's useful, it is. It is more of a placeholder for the movement of appreciation. It's sort of what that movement of appreciation bounces itself off of when it comes into contact with something that's holding that place in either consciousness or even in the three-dimensional sense. I can feel grateful for something, but when I drop into appreciation, I just feel feel appreciative. I feel this Mm -hmm. tremendous amount of emotion, and it can sort of flow into anything. But I can feel I can feel grateful for having a wonderful partner. I can feel grateful for having food on the table. And that begins to catch you up to the momentum of appreciation. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So then, I mean, th- there's some steps right there for listeners to engage in that if they find themselves locked into that gap of lack that you were um, beginning to describe, that by sort of beginning to sort of consciously be grateful, they can drop themselves into that accelerated spin of being. Yeah, and it's um, it's building blocks. It's almost like building backwards. I think this appreciative state is really most natural to us and what we've kind of done, a lot of us as individuals and in participation with where the global mindset is and where the economic mindset is, is we've really locked that energy source in with this sort of false construct, this construct of lack. Mm-hmm. We tend to look at lack as something being missing, and I don't. I actually see it as having substance. I feel it as having substance. And it feels tremendous. It feels absolutely huge. If you wanted to get like a kinesthetic sort of feeling for that, you could say, I'd like to put in one hand what I perceive to be lacking from my life, and I'd like to put in the other hand all the things that I perceive myself to be grateful for. And depending on where your consciousness is at, and you kind of move your awareness down into your heart and just 
feel the weight of those two, just notice which hand naturally goes down, which feels mm-hmm. heavier. Hmm. That is such a complete 180 on um, on how we typically, and I guess, you know, without really considering what lock is, process lock. Because just, you know, without you just pointing that out, typically lock is an absence of something. But what you're saying is lack is actually a fullness, that it is heavy, it is weighted. And that right now is extremely weighted. It is, you know, the tendency of the media to focus on what is going wrong in in, in every political arena and every economic arena. It's what we don't have, what we don't have. And it's really... Energy is never born, it never dies, it just shifts. And if you're thinking about energy as being constructs, this construct of lack is tremendous right now. It's and like uh it's like a big football field that's full to the brim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the amount of attention and focus that it's been getting. Absolutely. So then that In brings us quantum to physics. It's all about what you weight, the probability, the likeliness that you weight with your consciousness, with your attention. And based on where your attention goes, that that weight becomes heavier. So if you're focusing on what you don't have, that's huge. That's heavy. That's that's tremendous. Whereas if you're not focusing on what you do have, that becomes lighter, less substantial. It becomes, in a sense, harder to find. Hmm. It's so interesting. It's so so interesting what what begins to happen when how you're translating your experiences about like the sort of the energy of it rather than because <laughs> we we don't typically think about it in these terms. Right. And a lot of people don't really have the kind of skills and understandings, but if you can just move it to a very simple sort of idea, whatever I focus on grows, which is what the law of attraction says, which is what more and more of us are beginning to realize or are beginning to wake up to, whatever I focus on grows. Uh, I'm focusing on lack and it's getting bigger and bigger. If I'm focusing on the things that work, those begin to grow. Those begin to take on weight in, in your consciousness, in your awareness. What we don't always take into account is the momentum of these bigger constructs. So, as in the case we're talking about, the momentum of lack. Um, and how much we actually have to place our attention on being in alignment with the vibration that we're looking to resonate with and how it really needs to be deliberate, and it needs to be consistent, and it needs to be a constant practice. And eventually it does begin to habituate itself, and it takes over the habits of of the old mindset of focusing on the lack. But looking at the momentum, you have to build momentum with that. And where I think a lot of us tend to trip ourselves up is we do it in relation to things that we want. Mm -hmm. I want this, so I'm going to focus on this, and then as soon as I have this in my awareness, the practice sort of, it slips away. It's like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Not what I wanted out of that. Now I can just go on merrily on down the road and it doesn't work that way. Right. 
Right. And it, it's a lot of the, the conversation on the power of appreciation come up on topics about manifesting it and not really anywhere else. I haven't heard of appreciation being about a part of your, you know, spiritual practice. We say meditate, <laughs> you know, or, you know, do right. yoga or, you know, we, we talk about those things, but appreciation only comes up in when you're trying to get something, manifest something or, you know, whatever else. Right. So um, I think that's unfortunate. Well, we're changing that then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're changing that because we go on. Sorry. No, no, you. No, just that. Just because what you're saying, what you've reiterated both in this conversation and in your blog, is that it's not a practice that you begin and then drop. It has to be. It basically has to be a a part of who you are now. That that appreciation should be like breathing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, we are talking about it as a spiritual practice. That sort of, that opens up the way a lot of people practice everything spiritually, honestly. It's not it's not a living, moving motion of, of recognition, me and my relationship with the divine as it's growing and flowing throughout my life. It's just, I'm going to church here on Sunday, and then I go mm-hmm. off and do whatever awful things I do during the week. <laughs> I'm wondering mm-hmm. why I'm not feeling satisfied with my relationship to the divine, and and that's why it cannot be a compartmentalized thing. It's got to be a synthesis of everything that we do. Yes, absolutely. So what did you notice um, began, like, so when you had that sort of conversation with yourself finally and, and it, it kept coming up for you to sort of return to appreciation, what what began to shift or what did you notice began to happen? Um, let's see. I noticed some small things would occur. And then I would notice some really big things would occur. And it was almost like the big things occurred as, as temptations, <laughs> it's like let, you've gotten where you wanted to go. Okay, now you can you can relax. You can go unconscious again, or whatever. So I would notice that I would I would sit down. I would write to myself about appreciation, and I would come in, and you know my my partner, my accomplice would bring me food. Like as I walked through the door, like little things that you may not associate with what you're perceiving to be your goal but that still feed into the greater totality of the energy that is you. Mm-hmm. I would notice that, you know, my daughter would clean her room, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> that the sun would come through the clouds for a moment, and in Seattle that is a miracle. So <laughs> I would notice all of these things, and then um, and that would kind of feed into the energy of a feeling appreciation and then moving that energy into a more physical expression of feeling grateful for that expression. And that would kind of weight that. It would give it some substance to hold in 3D land. It's, here's where I'm feeling this. Here's how it's showing up to let me know that I'm I'm, I'm tuned in. I'm going in the right vibration. Hmm. One of the big things that occurred, I was, um, I was sitting down and I was just focusing on the energy where the energy was stuck and I was doing a session on myself and you can actually read it in my blog I think it's um, self-assessing number one and I opened this 
this energy and then ask to notice what I needed to do and to take action. We have to take action also to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. So it was like, go to the gym, go work out, or went for a long walk, did all this stuff, all this activity. And I was feeling really stressed out about making my bills. And I came home, and I opened my purse, and looked <laughs> inside my purse. I had $1,500 of checks that I had forgotten to deposit that <laughs> was there the entire time because this is the way it is it's mm-hmm. always there but i was so focused on the lack i completely forgot about it it left the sphere of my awareness hmm. and then when i did all these actions to come back into that appreciative state it was right there waiting for me where it always where it has always been where it's always been <laughs> mm. Can we can we talk a little bit more about that because I think that's so so interesting and and so powerful for us to get that you know whatever filter we put on literally makes things invisible to us. Yeah, I think that is um that's tremendous. It is um it's definitely our perceptions and our filters that order and create the world as we experience it. So you you could look at, like, extreme filters. Like you have, um, say you have, like, uh, like the Hitler filter, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that comes through his filter is going to be predicated to the beliefs that he's running. He's He's not likely to see, like, a Jewish person interacting with somebody in a pleasant or useful way on the street. He's likely to see that through his filter and interpret that as, hate all Jews, right? <laughs> and that's mm-hmm, extreme, mm-hmm. but it, it does kind of run that way. Um, somebody who is swamped with debt, to go back to to what we were talking about, is not as likely to notice where there could be opportunities that could potentially alleviate that situation when their attention is focused, again, on that lack, that the solidity of that awareness. It's like it it blankets our eyesight to a certain degree. Hmm. And I think shows like this, like like your radio program where you're offering people ideas to explore um in a in an external kind of way are are phenomenal markers that we really have left ourselves to bring us back to that awareness. Mm-hmm. having the ability to literally shift your consciousness. Like I said, from from the head to the heart is one of the most fantastic ways. But also, what would it feel like to move your awareness into your dresser for a moment? Like, what is the dresser's world like? Is the dresser worried about bills? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's worried that if you're not careful, everything is going to fall behind it. And then, you know, it's it's just not concerned. It's Right. Concerned that you slam its drawers a little too hard. It's really not worried about the bills. <laughs> it's got a whole different set of experience, and and we're all like that. We need to learn how to um, how to borrow awareness, how how to borrow an awareness of of say somebody who who's really really good with money, if that's what you're wanting to to play with. So, what would it feel like to pop momentarily into Steve Jobs' head? or into Bill Gates' head. What do you notice from, from their consciousness that you don't notice when you're interacting with your own? 
Wow. That it's so it's so so interesting that we have this ability and capacity to literally embody <laughs> a, a different consciousness. Like a because like, the moment you said, you know, what would it be like to pop your head into your dress? And I looked at my dresser, and there was just complete silence. I was like, oh wow, hey, <laughs> like there's 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 nothing, like no, like. It's it's amazing that we have the the ability to do that, and that's that's exactly what you're talking about with shifting from a consciousness of lack or being in that bubble of lack to popping yourself into that bubble of appreciation or or the heart center. That you you have this ability to move yourself around and try on a different reality. And we all do. It's not it's not a specialized skill that. It's something that is inherent to our being, and gaining access to that is really what puts us in touch with being able to be more of who we are. Being more, being aware of more, is what enables us to to notice that moreness, and then from there to begin to integrate it. Whether it's with appreciation or gratitude, or or music or dancing, whatever gets your juices flowing, is what really invites the energy to spin faster. And spinning faster means what for? Well, if so so let's just move this construct of lack in and see what you notice about it. Well, I notice immediately it, it hits me in the pit of my stomach. It feels thick. Mm-hmm. It weighs kind of heavily on the shoulders. It feels heavy. It feels thick. I feel a knot. Okay, so let's try this, Kadesh. Let's drop into our heart and just imagine it spinning like a top. Okay. And just let your consciousness go with that motion. And let that motion reach into that knot. Hmm. What are you noticing? Um, you know those um, dancing poles that have ribbons on top of them and people spin around them? Yes. It turned into that. <laughs> That's so interesting. So I like to take it back to the body where you notice that knot, where that feeling was. What do you notice in your body right now? Nothing. It's not there. I brought the top, the spinning top in. Go on. No, you please. No, just that. It was was right below, like, my, right above my navel was where the knot showed up. And I brought the spinning top in and saw that rope pole thing, and then the knot disappeared. Nice. We um, we forget to use something that I think is really one of the most powerful vehicles for transformation is our physical body. Mm-hmm. When our bodies are, are knotted, when they're uncomfortable, when they're in pain, when they're expressing illness and disease, they're... They're letting us know there's something that we're not paying attention to. Hmm. 
reverse. When we are paying attention, they will respond. They will let us know you're doing a good job. You'll feel you'll feel a sense of relaxation at the very least. But very often I myself I will notice tingles, I will notice my, my attention and energy moving from place to place. And these bodies that we have, these fantastic little things are like our touchstones for reality. They are they're storing the information of our consciousness. They're also storing the information of the world. And if we're not occupying that space to the fullest of our capacity with our own consciousness, something else will. Mm. That's, wow. What you just said right there is really, really piercing. You don't like to think about, like, these little things piloting your body, but if you're not there running the show, there's a million other energies and and awarenesses that are doing it for you. Whether, you know, it's, it's, again, take it back to that consciousness of lack. You can literally go through your body and find the places where you're resonating with the story of lack and bringing that spin, that sense of appreciation into those places begins to break it up using your body as a holographic touchstone for your entire reality, you can then begin to see how clearing that energy from the body can also clear your experience in your in your actual finances or in your relationships or even in your garden. <laughs> I'm very appreciative of my garden right now, actually. It's funny you say that. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um... Wow. So, coming back to um, what sort of began to come into visibility for you when you did, so you were saying it started as sort of, you know, small things that caught your attention that sort of fueled that appreciation more to, you know, things literally popping out at you that have always been there but that you weren't perceiving right um things like like going into that space and then looking on my schedule and seeing you know emails or clients who had popped up in the space in which i'd been paying attention to myself instead of worrying about the fact that they weren't there or that i wasn't perceiving them as there the universe is is full it is full 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 to the point of you know this it's constantly giving birth to itself. And just in a purely energetic sense, we're always birthing into our reality, whatever we're focusing on. If you're focusing on a sense of of opening and, and motion, you will begin to notice where that motion shows up in your outside life, whether it's showing up as opportunities, whether it's showing up as clients, if that's what your goal is, whether it's showing up as money, which is really just an expression of divine energy. So you want to really, if you really want to manifest money cleanly, just focus on divine energy. That's really what it is. And I think part of, you know, what's gone so askew with our society is there's so many nasty things that are associated with the morphic field of money first and foremost, largely being lack right now. Secondly, being greed. Thirdly, there's all these ideas that sort of follow off of those 
And it's like people who have money are evil. People who don't have mm-hmm. money are... <laughs> it's, it's, you just get idea after idea after idea. And if you're not focusing on the center of those, then from your own center, and it's like any one of those ideas can move in and occupy that space that your consciousness really is meant to be occupying. Hmm. That's so, it's so, so powerful that, that you're bringing that into this conversation because I can, <laughs> first of all, I feel a little incoherent at the moment, but just, <laughs> but just the, the very idea that if you're not conscious to your own orientation or to what you're saying about whatever you're experiencing, that there are the, all the dialogues, all the different, you know, stories that are all around you, that surround you, will fill in those gaps where you're not filling it yourself. So it really comes to, really comes back to the power of waking up to your own sort of inner stuff so that you begin to your consciously... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, it's such a powerful pointer. When I began really sort of digging through the layers, and it, it kept showing up in, in bizarre ways, it was it was just this nagging little thought: "This is not enough. This is not enough." And the deeper I would go under it, and the deeper I would go under it, I finally came to this sort of room within myself that was kind of in disarray and I'm not sure how it happened or when it happened but I moved into it and I was kind of like oh no wonder (laughs) we're creating from the inside out which I really genuinely believe that we are unless we're not home at all and something else is doing it for us right (laughs) that internal space what shows up externally is an absolute reflection of that internal space but that, again, that comes back to if you're not there, something else will be. So if you're not there, deliberately noticing. And I don't think it's even really a, a matter of creating. I think it's really a matter of, of noticing and noticing with deliberation and noticing with intent and clarity what it is that your focus is bringing into your world there is some other thought form. There is some other energy. I wouldn't even... You could go into energies if you want to, but for the sake of just energies and patterns, there's something else that will move into that space and start creating for you. And then you kind mm-hmm. of look at these circumstances that have become your life and go, where am I in this? And you'll find that you're not there. Mm. Because you have it engaged with that space within yourself. You haven't gone in there and filled it up with your own conscious interpretation, understanding, message, whatever you want to call it. You haven't encoded it with your own unique self. Right. Presence, if you want. Presence, I think, is mm. great. Mm-hmm. Um. So I found when I went in there, uh, from, and it's funny how these things come in, and they're they're insidious. <laughs> you leave a window cracked, and there there they are. Um, I'd had a conversation with my mom a while back, and I don't know why she mentioned it, but I just remembered this recently. She said something about well, when 
when you shop so much that you can't pay your bills, then it becomes a problem. Well, I love shopping. Like, I, I love it. But it's mm-hmm. also been one of the ways that I've always said to myself, okay, I'm I'm using this as a way of exercising my appreciation for myself and my appreciation for my experience and moving that into the gratitude of this experience and then monitoring it from there. I went in and I saw this little belief that had been planted there that if you go shopping, then you don't have enough to pay your bills. Wow. <laughs> and it was like squatting inside my <laughs> house. <laughs> So I had to clean it out. I had to evict it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so funny, like, that. that's sort of the same reaction I've had when I, I walk into some, some story somewhere in me. Like, I'll look at it and go, where the hell did you come from? I can't believe I ever believed you were true. Because it wasn't something that I consciously, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll, like, it was it wasn't something that I did that. <laughs> with it was just something that I allowed to take up space because I never questioned it or looked at it even. Ah, the questioning and that is that's a really good point. That is such a good point. We you know, we run these belief systems and we don't ever question them. It's like our government. Do we question what our government's doing? Well I think we're starting to a little bit more. Do we question how something within ourselves is being played out through there. Probably not so much. The tendency is to look more towards the external and to look at what needs to be corrected from the internal. Everything, all of these bigger constructs are a mass playing out of internal consciousness on a global scale. And if there's anything that is showing up now with this this constant beaming of lack. It's like you hear, okay, the the market dropped 646 points. It's like, okay, I don't know what that means, but I have a suspicion it's probably not good. (laughs) 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 So, and I really feel this and the more I've looked into this, the more that this is occurring on the outside, the more it's sort of directing us as individuals to look to that piece that internal peace within us so that we can begin to come into realization of of what is actually missing in our lives because the thing that will sustain us is not these external constructs that have all been set up to play out that internal awareness. It is that internal awareness. Hmm. So what do you begin to, I mean, you've sort of moved us, into it in in several different ways during this conversation, but what do you do to sort of bring that inter, internal awareness into those dark corners within ourselves, those corners that have gone un, unexamined and have been allowed to sort of be filled up by external structures or the external sort of dominating patterns? Sure, and the stories and, yeah. <laughs> um, well... In the interest of, of taking them apart, you know, any anything that you sort of have a tendency to, to notice that comes up automatically. Um, I did not grow up in a in a luxurious sort of environment. Like our needs were not met, but more often than not, when I would ask for something as a child, there would be this thought that would say, "We don't have the money for that." 
and um, and the situation might have been true at the time, but is it true for me now? These automatic responses that may have been true at some point, are they still true for you now? You begin to question that. Is that really true for me now? And it's like, okay, if that's not really my truth, then where does that come from? And if it's not yours, you can begin to start to organize those sort of concepts outside of your house. Hmm. I like to think about coming down into the heart, like coming down into like a house or a temple, and then come in there and, and notice, like, okay, who is in here that doesn't belong, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> so What's true, water like, open is all the doors and check closets. <laughs> <laughs> and realize that anything that I come across in there that I did not deliberately put there does not need to be within my house. And from that point, you start to open your door, you call, you know, you, you set all that stuff out on the curb, and you call the Goodwill truck to come pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then you, you move into occupying that space. And you may notice that you're left with this huge, empty, cavernous room that makes you a little uncomfortable. Is that a fearful discomfort, or is that just the things are really different from here discomfort? When we're looking at what's not working, the tendency is to still want to stay within our comfort zone. And if our comfort zone is encoded with all of the things that aren't working, we have to move outside of that comfort zone. We might need to look into those deep, dark corners. We might need to crawl under the bed. Uh, we might need to go, you know, stand in front of the in the mirror in the middle of the night and say "Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary" just to take <laughs> that, <laughs> that shadow or that aspect down. Uh, it definitely it um it invites us to be more courageous for certain. Uh, Courage is really useful when you're exploring the the inner workings of your mind and heart. Questions are really, really useful. And the most useful question is just simply, is this useful? You come across a thought or an idea and you're not sure what it is, whose it is or where it came from. Is it useful? It's just the simplest, clearest way to cut through the gunk. And if you get a no, then okay, then how do I go about dismantling this you? You're always questioning these ideas. You're always questioning yourself in relation to these ideas. Hmm. And that's what they are. Before they are our realities, they're just ideas we're keeping and allowing to live inside us. Absolutely. It's like... um you know, like waking up and finding yourself in a movie theater that you did not buy a ticket for. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What am I doing here? Am I enjoying this movie? No. Where's the door? <laughs> wow. And then as you wake up, you start to look for your exit signs, right? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So for listeners tuning in right now who, you know, are wanting to sort of get back into that momentum of appreciation, back into that sort of, it really is, like anytime I focus on 
appreciating where I am or what's shown up for me, I literally feel a pickup in my energy. I really feel more, um, I think movement is, is a really good box to put around around what you know the way you you've put it because that's what i feel and it, it's so interesting that that that's when things begin to happen anyway it's when you're sort of engaged in that more accelerated movement of energy that your reality literally begins to pick up its flow so right what can listeners do how can they engage with i mean you've given up given so many pointers but i just want to keep bringing their awareness of what they can practice to get back into that flow. Hmm. You know, um, I have found since I first started playing with this awareness that one of the most useful ways to get that flow moving is to look at the things that I think are not working with an eye of gratitude. If you can feel some sort of sense of gratitude for even say a coworker who's giving you a hard time or for a financial situation that is not playing out in the way that you think that it needs to be playing out and just feel grateful for it. And I'm saying grateful in this way because you're looking at an object. It, gratitude for me is really much more objective. Mm-hmm. But it gets you moving in that right direction and it changes the flow of your energy from looking at how you need to pick something apart or how you need to overcome or how you need to defeat something in order for the circumstances to go in your favor rather than looking at, okay, take a little responsibility for where you're at. You've you've either consciously created this or you've allowed this to be created by your lack of participation. And if you can begin to look at the circumstances with just some sort of sense of curiosity even, we'll really begin to open this up. What can I notice about this situation that I haven't noticed yet? And then let your attention begin to take you on a little journey. Well, I noticed that um, I noticed that every time this person yells at me that it upsets me so much that I have to go look for that sense of balance. So in other words, they're, they're, this, this person is acting as the perfect opportunity to remind me to look for my own sense of balance. And that person could be replaced with any situation. It could be replaced with uh, with your circumstances. But more often than not, that's what they're there for. It's to remind you to go back to that internal sense and look for that presence within yourself. Hmm. powerful and it's so again another you know you sort of you have a really great way of sort of slicing open our the little the little stories that we tell ourselves and you what you're saying is you're responsible for where you are either through your own conscious participation or through a lack of it because that i didn't do this it's is still contributing to what's showing up because you're not consciously engaged with why that's showing up the way it's showing up. Right, and that's tricky. We don't want to look at things that aren't going well for us and say, I made this, I did this. The fact of the matter is most of the things that you find that are not going well for you, you probably didn't do, but you also, you weren't participating in such a way that you were there to direct circumstances. Hmm. 
So engage with, with you know, whatever you're saying isn't working in your experience right now, and then feel grateful for, for it and take responsibility for it, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no... There is no way to sort of pass the buck on this one. If you want to have the power to change your circumstances, then you need to realize that you are the power that is driving them. Beautiful. It's actually really a, a totally empowering concept. It is. If I created this through through my awareness or through my lack of awareness, then it's on me and I have the ability to create it differently. Hmm. Again, I don't think it's really about creating. I think it's more about noticing. As you notice, you come into alignment with it, and through your energy and participation with what you're noticing and the alignment thereof, it becomes a physical, three-dimensional manifestation. I agree. I agree. I do see it more of, of observing things into being rather than actually hammering anything from scratch and making it happen. Ah, well... <laughs> no. Um, so coming back to appreciation, I, I would love for you to sort of talk us through the layers of it. So, you know, what is it? what kind of things do you say to yourself, so the mental aspect when you're appreciating? You've talked a little bit about the, the physical feeling of it, the movement of energy that you experience in the body. And you've talked again a little bit about the heart as well, how... You know, it begins to spin faster. I think as as, as you sort of visually um, presented it. So, can we go through those layers again before we begin to wrap up the show? Mind, body, heart of appreciation. Sure. Um, okay. So, first, just start wherever you are. Just notice where you are. And most of us, ninety percent or more, are not in our body and certainly not relating to our heart. So your first job is just to see where you are in consciousness because wherever you are in consciousness is where you're relating to your experience from. So pull yourself in. You could imagine bringing like a like a kite in. Pull yourself all the way down through your head and come down into the middle of that tornado in your heart. Now, more than likely, when you come down through your body and into that heart space, you're going to notice that you relax. And that relaxed state is also a state of availability. So you're more available to what the universe is presenting with you to you from this space where you are relaxing. Now, as you slide into that space, whatever you were noticing that was not congruent with that before, realize that's just a pattern. And as you bring your awareness into the motion around the heart field, just feel that awareness sort of trickling out into the pattern, almost like like etheric octopus tentacles, and just tickling that pattern open. (laughs) And then notice what feels different. 
it's imperative to notice what feels different, whether you notice within your physical body or you notice that something gets your attention in an external way. Everything will participate with you when you're coming from this heart space because the heart recognizes itself in relation to everything else. It doesn't feel lack. It doesn't understand lack. It knows itself to be a part of everything. So, therefore, it's neutral to every concept that we could possibly throw at it. So just allow yourself to resonate with that emotion and that sense of neutrality and curiosity. Now, if from this space, as you as you slide into this, you may begin to notice there's emotion in your body. You could notice tingles, chills, itching, really intense vibrational movement. Just allow yourself to be with that. and to bring it to the external world with that sense of gratitude. From there, begin to notice, I feel grateful for it. And you could make a list of things that connect this state with your external reality. I feel grateful for for my garden. <laughs> I feel grateful for my dog. I feel grateful to have this roof over my head. What, whatever that sense is, you're connecting that deeper sense of connection with your external world by bringing in the gratitude aspect of it. And that goes out even towards noticing the situations that you might have thought weren't working for you to feeling gratitude for those as well. And it actually, when I'm looking here on my blog, I wrote down a formula for it. (laughs) (laughs) Two keys to shifting your reality. Number one, change your state. Consciousness is formed from state-based awareness feelings. So changing the state is moving the head down to the heart, getting into a state of appreciation with music, dance, nature, anything that allows for you to change your focus. And the second part, to notice what's different and keep noticing it. And that's where the commitment lies. And it's not enough to do it to the point to where you think you have what you want. It is the practice that is allowing for you to be the new experience of being with what you want. So it can't become second fiddle. It has to remain front and center. It's your lead guitarist. It's your it's your front man. Hmm. Anything that shows up externally is just Playing that awareness out through your three-dimensional reality. Powerful. It's so interesting that when you were talking about bringing gratitude into it, and I hadn't thought of it in this way before, that anytime you focus on any pattern, whether it's gratitude or appreciation, that you're literally injecting that energy into whatever you're being grateful for. Like you're, I don't know, I felt like, you know, like mercury liquid oozing itself into what I was focusing on with that lens of awareness. So you're literally infusing the energy that you're cycling into those things, those areas and experiences within your reality. Mm. 
Nicely put. Hmm. Thanks for taking us where you take us. <laughs> it's always such an amazing, expansive journey. I think every conversation we have, I, I walk away completely altered. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, so, Embody Me, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you're doing with Embody Me, how um, p- listeners can get in touch with you, um, book sessions with you, or, you know, whatever you're up to. Please share. Sure. So, Embody Me is um, is my sort of wellness center that is a synthesis of everything that I love, matrix energetics, um consciousness shifting, reality navigation, um, growth of appreciation, relationships, and um, use the body as the touchstone to to show you how to gain leverage on shifting your own reality. Um, I really like to work with people on the premises of, of empowering them. This is this is you, this is how you can do this, and, and you can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so sessions are really focused on anything from, from physical troubles to uh, to learning how to navigate through the global morphic fields more effectively. And um, we use matrix energetics as uh, sort of a container for that and uh, NLP, hypnotherapy, and, and then body work when I work in person with people. And um, I have that office in Linwood and... I have a global practice that's accessible either via telephone or Skype. And my website is embodyme.org where you can learn more about all this and uh, read testimonials. And my blog is justicebartlett.blogspot.com and uh, you can (laughs) read more about what I think about the world and some sessions that I've done on myself and some other people and just where I like to go to sort of let it all hang out and express what's going on in life for me right now. And um, that's uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. If you want to contact me, you can contact me through the website. Perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Justice. <laughs> Thank you so much for um an incredible hour. I, I think we went through some some pretty powerful layers during this conversation. So thank you for the way you show up in the world. You're such a spacious field <laughs> to play in. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, Justice, I would love to have you on again. Um, anytime you want to come on, just uh, let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, everyone. That's our show for today. On next Sunday's show, uh, Dr. Wendy will be on talking about, you know, those those myths that we tell ourselves that keep us from loving who we are and loving all the layers of our um, incredible selves. So tune in for, for what what I know will be another amazing conversation. That's next Sunday. My thanks again to the amazing Justice Bartlett. Um, Again, check out her website. Check out her blog. There is so much that she contains that I think you've been just visiting um, 
her notes, you will you'll walk away definitely feeling different. So do that. <laughs> and uh we'll talk again in a week's time. Take care everyone. You've got your love, I've got mine